Welcome to another episode of the Giant Take Podcast and welcome to our first edition of the Washington Commanders preview of this season. Playing them late this year, but that's okay because it's a really exciting matchup, Alex, and I'm sure you've seen the news about this week's games. A lot of people in the media and NFL fans in general are saying this is the best week of football we have had so far this season with the matchups, and we're going to go through all of them when we get to our NFL picks, but the Giants and the Commanders actually being up there as one of the ones that people are talking about, which, Alex, it's so funny to me because if you look last year and the Commanders and Giants were playing, you would think nothing like that of that being like one of the big games that everyone's going to be paying attention to. But yeah, it is because this game is probably going to decide who's going to take that last wild card spot in the NFC, depending on the winner, um, unless the winner just decides to drop the last few games of the season. Whoever wins this one, especially with both teams sitting at the same record, it's super easy, uh, or not the exact same record, but both with seven wins. Uh, the Commanders going seven and five, and the Giants seven and four. Excuse me. Uh, but both teams sitting at seven wins. If one of them wins this game, you have to assume that hopefully they finish out the season well. Um, and you know, obviously, I'm hoping that for the Giants, uh, and they take that second wild card spot. So that's why it's a big deal, and we're going to be previewing it. But first of all, my co-host, Alex, how are you? I'm doing well. I mean, this is as close you can get to a regular season playoff game feel for the Giants. Um, this is a huge game against the Commanders. As you said, um, you know, the Giants most likely will need to win both of these games against the Commanders uh, to solidify a playoff spot. Because um, if you do win these two games, you're up to nine wins, assuming that you can sneak a win uh, in you know one of the other tougher matchups, either against the Eagles, the Vikings, or possibly the Colts, who's probably a more winnable game in the last game of the season. But um, you know this is certainly an important game, and I wouldn't say it's must. Mu- I wouldn't say it's must must win, but it's a, certainly a must win uh, if that makes any sense. Only one must in this one, um, but it's certainly going to be a tough one. The Commanders are on a good run recently. Ron Rivera is always a good coach. Uh, Taylor Heineke has been solid for them. They got good receiving weapons. They got good backs, uh, you know, an okay offensive line and a defense that's really stepping up now with a lot of their key players back, possibly even Chase Young this week. Um, So it's going to be an exciting game. I think it's going to be a really tight game. Uh, Both teams aren't really high scoring uh, teams, I would say, but it's certainly going to be a a tough matchup for the Giants. Um, Obviously, the Giants are at home for this one. Hopefully that gives them a nice advantage. Uh, and obviously a lot of players coming back from injury as well for the Giants. So a lot of needed boosts, um, not necessarily at the wide receiver position, um, but at a lot of other spots, which will be very, very good. And uh, coming off you know, a disappointing game against the Cowboys, uh, it's certainly going to be important that we get back on track after our long uh, break between games. And I'm excited. Um, as much as I'm excited, I'm equally excited as I am nervous um, it's certainly going to be probably the most stressful game of the season. Um, you know, I'm just happy that we're here at this point where the Giants are playing meaningful, meaningful football down the stretch in December. Haven't been doing that a lot me- uh, recently, so I'm sure Josh would agree with me there um, that that is, you know, the most important thing here that we're playing meaningful, meaningful football. I don't know why I can't say that word after Thanksgiving. 
Yeah, meaningful football in December is a really great thing, Alex, and we haven't been able to experience that as Giants fans since their run back in 2016, I want to say. We've had some good wins maybe in this month or past Thanksgiving. Um, I want to say that Seahawks win with Joe Judge, Alex, and Patrick Graham's defense was, was, I think, past Thanksgiving, Uh, but it had nothing to do with playoff implications, I'll tell you that much. But anyway, going into this game, yes, you're right about the home field advantage. Hopefully there won't be any... uh, pipes breaking and uh, some sewage water coming out of uh, the pipes at MetLife Stadium. That's a little diss at FedEx Field in Washington being ranked one of the worst uh, NFL stadiums up there with MetLife, I'm sure, too, um, in the NFL. And you mentioned Chase Young, Alex. Even without him, the Washington Commanders have been a top 10 defense near the later half towards the 10s, but they've been a top 10 defense in the NFL when it comes to passing uh, and rushing defense. So like you said, two low scoring teams, so the commanders aren't putting up a lot of points on the board, but they're also not allowing a lot of points either. So I think it's going to be a low scoring competition with Chase Young being the addition to this commander's defense. We'll have to see, but it doesn't mean the Giants aren't getting some people back because they definitely are getting healthier as this season progresses, which is a great thing. And we're going to get into that as well. I'm trying to think if there's any anything off the bat um, that I want to say before we go, but I, I think... I think I got everything there. So let's first of all talk about what was already when you're listening to this was already over a week ago now, but I know we're bringing back old Thanksgiving thoughts and poor Thanksgiving thoughts, but we like to go over the snap percentages for some players. Uh, Last week, we'll start on the offense. Nick Gates was in 100% of snaps last week. He might actually start at left guard um, in this matchup coming up on Sunday. We'll have to see there. Darius Slayton, 84%. Saquon Barkley, 73%. Richie James, 70%. Isaiah Hodgins, 70%. Lawrence Cager, 43%. Kenny Galladay only participating in 30% of snaps. It's crazy to say that a free agent signing, I believe the Giants made, yeah, during the season, bringing in Isaiah Hodgins, played a higher percentages of snaps uh, than the four-year $72 million man Kenny Galladay did. Um, and not even by a little bit, by a large margin, 70 to 30. That's a, that's a lot. Um, you move on to the next guy here on defense. Now we move Nick McLeod playing hundred percent of snaps. Same thing with Jason Pinnock, Jalen Smith, 91% Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams, both 84% Cordell Flott, 53% Darnay Holmes, 43% and Dane Belton at 9%. I ran through those super quickly, uh, but those are a few guys I wanted to highlight uh, with their snap project percentages i'm having trouble getting through my words today uh in the game against the cowboys on thanksgiving a little over a week ago yeah in addition to some of those uh you know snap percentages the giants actually had seven starters against the cowboys that were either waiver claims or free agents you mentioned a couple of them already isaiah hodgins at wide receiver lawrence cager uh, tyree phillips jack anderson jalen smith nick mcleod and jason pinnock So, you know, certainly if you look seven out of 22 of your guys who are starting on Thanksgiving, uh, you know, where the most eyes are probably on the Giants uh, of any game this year were, uh, you know, guys who were not on the team before, uh, you know, right when cut down day during training camp, which is, you know, really, really odd. Uh, It's about what, 30 percent ish uh, of the starters were free agents or waiver claims. So. Uh, interesting uh, kind of statistic to think about there. Um, the Pro Bowl voting has begun. Uh, it might have even concluded actually at this point. Um, it can. It, I voted like three times. Josh, did you vote any times? 
How many times? I have not voted for the Pro Bowl. I mean, especially this year, Alex, where now Mm. it's not even a game anymore. It's the flag football. Um, The Pro Bowl has got, it's not fun to watch. It's not like the NBA All-Star game. They're not going for charities and getting a certain amount of points. But I, I, I do think... And yeah, no, I do think it means absolutely nothing. I was I was gonna think in my head before I said it. Um, the only thing that matters to me is All Pro, um, and when you get All Pro honors, I think it's a very big thing to accept. Um, it's a really great honor, but besides that, it's it's not as fun as the other festivities around major sports. Would you agree with me there? Like, I, I really think yeah. like. NHL, yeah, I mean, they have the skills competition. NBA, same thing. And the, the All Star games are just better. Even MLB All Star game, they're all they're all better. The NFL just it sucks. It's not fun. And I mean, they even downgraded it now to the flag yeah. football game. It was bad before, and now it's a flag football game. I mean, how worse can you get? Yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree with that. But still, wanted some of my guys to be represented. So I did two. I voted twice. One with my actual picks um, from all around the league. Obviously, from watching the NFL this season and then one vote around where I just picked all the Giants guys. So can I ask uh, you a question? Yes. Was that a actual, like you went out of your, I mean, and be honest with me, was this a, I went out of my way. Like I was just chilling and I, and I saw that you could vote pro law and I did it. Or was this a, I'm a boarding class thing and you did it. Um, it was a, I saw an ad for pro ball voting. I was like, Oh, pro ball voting. And I went in. Where were you at home? Okay, so it was. It, yeah. I just didn't know if it was a past the time. I did not have game. a gun on my, uh, <laughs> on my head. <laughs> I was just yeah. asking. I was just asking. Yes, I did it out of my own free will. Um, but yeah, we'll see how those results end. Anyway, um, for the Giants who were top 10 in their positions so far, Saquon Barkley is first at the running back position. Andrew Thomas fourth at offensive tackle. Julian Love ninth at strong safety. Dexter Lawrence 10th at defensive tackle, which is just criminal. Nick McLeod, fourth as a special teams player, and Graham Gano, sixth as kicker. Uh, so we'll see where all those numbers end up when voting concludes. Obviously, fan voting, I believe, is only 30%. Uh, so there's going to be some other input as well. Um, former Giants now moving to that topic um, before, obviously, not the one you're thinking of uh, that we're going to talk about, former Giants. But Elijah Penny uh, ended up retiring from football this week. Uh, He spent six years in the league. He was on the Giants and the Cardinals, uh, and he announced his retirement on social media. Uh, You know, good player. Surprised he didn't get uh, some more opportunities after he left the Giants, um, but, you know, had a solid career, six years. Um, And I believe if you're in the NFL for more than five years, if I'm correct, uh, you get a pension, like a long-term pension, kind of like you would as like a police officer or some sort of, you know, like a firefighter or something like that. Um, so I guess he can ride that out for the rest of his career. I just found that out the other day uh, that NFL players get a pension. Who knew? Did you see the way he promoted it on social media? It was kind of sad. Like the way yeah, it was, was a little bit sad. Yeah, I I know the overall like message. The message was like you know don't it, like it like it's okay like we move type of deal like we move on like we do better in the future. But it was like he like posted four photos. It's like make it to the playoffs. Nope. Be like get drafted. Nope become a starter. Nope. It was like, really like, it was a very interesting approach the way he took it. But I think it was more of like a underdog story. Like it's a, with the get drafted one, it was Nope. And he said like, you know, ended up working my way, you know, getting, getting a position through a workout and made my way up the ranks, whatever. But yeah, unfortunate to see Elijah Penny out of the league already, but I'm sure I'll move on to bigger and better things. Maybe uh, go into a different industry. We'll have to uh, wait and see what happens there. 
So I guess while you're on the topic of returns, let's talk about him. Odell Beckham, um, he started his world tour, <laughs> his uh, his NFL team tour this week, uh, towards the end of this week. And when we're recording this Thursday night, he visited with the Giants or is currently visiting with them, I guess you could say, because I think it was this evening and he's going to meet with them again tomorrow or when, I don't know when you're listening, but on Friday, he's going to meet with them again. On the topic about uh, Beckham, Saquon Barkley and Sterling Shepard remain both extremely close friends in their own right with the free agent wide receiver. Um, both said they spoke with OBJ as recently as yesterday, yesterday being a couple days ago, I think on Monday. Shepard said Beckham told him he'll be coming over to his house in one of the next few days. Um, and that's all I have um, regarding Odell Beckham. I mean, we'll see what happens. Apparently, according to the Odell Beckham Bowl that was on Thursday, which everyone was saying was whoever won, Odell Beckham would go to the team between the Cowboys and the Giants. Seems like Odell Beckham will be signing with the Cowboys, uh, but we'll have to wait and see if those game results hold firm uh, to Odell Beckham's and everyone else's beliefs. With that being said, Alex, we don't need to spend 13 minutes on the guy. We just need to spend a good one or two. So with that, uh, I'll send it to you and we could just keep going. Yeah, I mean, quick comment on OBJ. I We've discussed this before. He's coming off a year-long, almost year-long ACL recovery. I don't think he's going to be explosive uh, to begin with. I don't think he's going to make an impact, really, even if he did sign with the Giants this season. I think it would be, you know, possibly later in the season if you somehow made the playoffs or next, you know, in future years if you sign him to a long-term deal. So it's not really uh, like a... a I don't think it's as big of a deal as people are making it out to see. Because if you sign him, if you don't sign him now, you're going to sign a wide receiver in free agency or through the draft or whatever. So I don't necessarily think it's as big of a deal. Would it suck that he goes to the Cowboys? Yeah, but I don't think he's going to be this alpha wide receiver coming back from a torn ACL um, in, what is it, nine months now? Uh, yeah, I mean, something like that. Of course, now I say we're not going to talk about him for that long, and now we're going back and forth about the guy. I just thought Art Stapleton of, uh, what is it, NorthJersey.com, uh, the Giants reporter, he had a good tweet about it. He was like, it is crazy how good Odell Beckham's agents are, because if you think about it, they were able to hype up a 30-year-old wide receiver coming off an ACL tear, to like hyping him up, getting many teams i mean a few teams at least to have yeah, him great visit. publicity great publicity uh, yeah i mean a great job by the agents i mean i would i can i can can those agents represent me please like for for when i look for a job in a few years like i'll, I'll take, right take podcast would be on espn if we had those people that's that's what i'm saying i mean we would be on every major publication alex if we had those agents so you know if odo beckham wants to slide us over the uh the phone numbers of those guys really appreciate it uh, but anyway, let's continue now uh, instead of joking around forever. On Monday, November 28th, so this past Monday, the Giants designated guard Ben Bredesen, outside linebacker Zizo Jalari, and safety Tony Def- Jefferson. Oh, my talking. For a return. Um, I mentioned earlier, right in the beginning of this episode, that just because Chase Young is coming back for the commanders, it doesn't stop the Giants from getting healthier. And that's exactly what's happening. Although Bredesen is struggling with a knee injury. Uh, Ojalar with a calf injury and Jefferson with a foot injury. Right now, I would say the like already partially ruled out kind of guy is Ben Bredesen. It doesn't seem like he'll be ready for this game on Sunday. However, designating uh, designating him for a return does mean he does come back to practice. So he's practicing with the guys every single day, um, getting better, getting healthier, and meaning he'll come back sooner than later. If it's not this Sunday, it's probably 
the 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 week after that. So exciting news there for those three guys. Yeah, and then you know for additions to this roster, uh, the Giants actually ended up bringing in on Monday a uh, veteran wide receivers Adam Humphreys and Malik Taylor. Um, it looks like neither of them are actually gonna sign. Um, 29 year old Humphreys was originally signed by the Buccaneers as an undrafted rookie uh, in 2015. He had four years with the Bucks. He then joined the Titans in 2019 and spent two years there, two seasons there, excuse me. Um, he actually was very much involved in the playoff run, that deep playoff run that the Titans had to that AFC championship a couple years back. Uh, and then he played for the Washington Commanders in 2021. 96 career games, 36 starts, 320 receptions for 3,300 yards and 13 touchdowns. Certainly has had a successful career. Kind of surprised he hasn't landed anywhere, to be completely honest. Wouldn't be opposed to it uh, if he signed with the Giants. Again, more of a slot guy, though, um, so he wouldn't really fix your uh, outside receiver depth problem. But, you know, any receiver could be helpful at this point for the Giants. Um, also, And then moving on on Tuesday, some more roster shuffling. Uh, the Giants re-signed Quincy Roche, Devery Hamilton, and Trenton Thompson to the practice squad. Some of those guys were actually on the active roster before they were cut. Um, after some injured players came back and now they're back on the practice squad. Uh, and to make room for that, Robert Foster wide receiver was released from the practice squad. So not necessarily new guys, um, but guys just coming back into the building after a few days, uh, unemployed, I guess you can say, um, on Tuesday, the giants had three did not practice players. That was Shane Lemieux with the toe injury, Josh Azudu with the neck, uh, and a Dory Jackson, but on the bright side, Brian Dable is hopeful and optimistic that tight end Daniel Bellinger will make a return this weekend. Uh, hint, hint to later in the episode when I'm going to mention him again. Um, and Xavier McKinney uh, with a, his hand injury from that a, a ATV accident uh, told Jordan Ronan that he fully expects to be back this season. Uh, I'll hand it over to Josh now to continue. Yeah, a little comment on the Xavier McKinney thing. When the accident first happened and he mentioned to reporters with the broken hand and the, the arm sling, whatever it was, we he even wasn't 100% sure if he could play that season, or this season, I should say, not that season, this season. Um, it was kind of like up in the air. I think he was dodging the question, but also I don't think he knew personally. So now that news coming out saying he, will, he definitely thinks he's going to play this season is good news for the Giants, especially... If he is able to play in these last couple games until the playoffs, because you hope that the Giants, with his help, are able to reach the playoffs and even play during the playoffs, that would be really great, Xavier McKinney, because we need you. You are a great safety for this team, and it is really unfortunate that during your bye weeks, you're going to other countries and breaking your hand on an ATV. Again, we don't know if it was his fault. I would assume so, but again, don't want to, don't want to harp on it too much uh we already did if you if you're really interested in our longer talks on uh the safety xavier mckinney you can uh check out our episode we did after the incident coming off that bye week anyway let's continue with the injury news here we go on to punt returner richie james has a knee injury and kick returner gary brightwell is dealing with that illness that's going around the locker room right now they both did not practice on wednesday that could keep the door open for the wide receiver, kick returner, punt returner, Khalil Pimpleton, who's currently still on the practice squad and has actually been there since the beginning of the season, um, signed with the Detroit Lions, uh, was with them up until they cut him uh, when they brought their roster down to 53 men. 
So maybe in week, what is it, 12 now we're going into? Kimpleton will finally get called up. We'll have to wait and see. Um, and with that being said, Alex, you already referenced later in the episode, here's your time to shine with the Giants injury report for this week. I love how this is what I'm known for now, but I mean, I'll take it. At least I'm known for something. Uh, on Wednesday, the players who did not participate in practice were Gary Brightwell with the illness, Josh Zudu neck, Adoree Jackson knee, Richie James knee, and Shane Lemieux toe. Limited participants were Daniel Bellinger with an eye, Dane Belton clavicle, Carter Coughlin thigh, John Feliciano neck, Cordell Flott concussion, Darnay Holmes shoulder oblique for Fabian Moreau, and Leonard Williams with a neck. And then the full participants were Evan Neal with the knee and Tyree Phillips with the neck. Um, Thursday did not participate players were Josh Azudu with a neck injury, Adora Jackson with a knee injury, Shane Lemieux with a toe injury, and Darius Slayton with an illness. Uh, hopefully he is okay because obviously the Giants are very thin on receiver and he is right now the Giants number one receiver. Uh, so hopefully uh, he is all good to go come Sunday because um, and, and, that's going to be a critical player, a critical loss uh, if the, he's not able to play. Limited participants uh, on Thursday, Daniel Bellinger with an eye, Dane Belton clavicle, Gary Brightwell illness, Carter Coughlin thigh, John Feliciano neck, Darnay Holmes shoulder, Richie James knee, Fabian Moreau oblique, Leonard Williams neck, and the full participants, Cordell Flott with the concussion, Evan Neal knee, and Tyree Phillips neck. Uh, on Thursday, they did not actually practice. This participation was all a projection, according to the Giants. Um, I don't know why I said it like that. And uh, I think with that, we can move on to our NFL picks. Um, Just before... La- yes. <laughs> Sorry, just before Always we ruining can... the transition. <laughs> I know, I know, it sucks. I just wanted to comment on the Darius Slayton illness deal. Uh, we saw Andrew Thomas last Thursday participate in the game, although he also had the illness, and he was in the locker room after the game with a mask on, similar to Graham Gano the prior week before that when he the game Alex and I went to and the Giants absolutely got um destroyed by the Detroit Lions. Um, Graham Gano in that game, if you remember, what was it? He missed one. The wind took it. The other one, he hit the the bar and it went out. Um, so maybe we blame it on the illness there. Alex, I don't know. Do we blame it on how good Micah Parsons is that Andrew Thomas had not the best game and Micah Parsons beat him a lot? Or are we going to blame it on the illness and say he the was illness, The illness, the illness. Yeah, Andrew Thomas was not 100% on Thanksgiving. And that is why uh, Parsons beat him in those reps. I'm going to put it on that. So from what we've seen in the past, all I wanted to say was that with the illnesses, it seems like the Giants persevere and they've been playing through them. Now, I don't know how bad it is for Slayton, but I will not be surprised if he suits up on Sunday. Um, But again, we'll have to wait and see. So that's what I'm going to talk about there. Alex, do you want to take it away and start out with the picks? Yeah, well, first of all, we got to review our picks from last week. Both of us had improved weeks. I went 10 and 5. Josh went 9 and 6. So pretty decent there. I keep seeing people like on TikTok and on YouTube during their doing their NFL picks and they're getting, you know, only two wrong or only three wrong. Some cases only one wrong. And I'm like, how are they doing that? Um, So I think we really need to step up our game, Josh. But hopefully this week is the week for that. Um, I I think you might be looking at betting odds because all of these TikTokers and YouTubers, like they're all about the betting and the betting odds. And it's so much easier to get betting odds, right? Yes, I would agree. Picks, right? Because 
this one that I was looking at was NFL picks, not get, not betting picks. Yes. Oh, because I've seen a lot of like really high betting picks, but it's just like, okay, I'm yeah. going to choose this team plus four. And it's like, yeah, well, I mean, that's easy. That just has to be within four. It's like not that hard. Yeah, so. exactly. So I, I get that. You know, that that's less impressive. But I have seen a couple people who are doing what we're doing, uh, and they're much more impressive than us. So we need to get our act together anyway. Um, tonight, when we're recording this, the Bills and the Patriots are playing on TNF. Um, and we both have the Bills. I think this is going to be a pretty easy game for them. Packers, Bears, we both have the Packers. Steelers, whoa, Falcons. Whoa, whoa, whoa. This is the big week. I feel like this is when we spend time on these teams. You say it's an easy matchup. The Bills have not won a division game so far this season. So take that Yeah, but account. I think that's more of a coincidence rather than a, um, you know. It's Bill Belichick, master. He's a master. I don't know, man. I don't know if... Uh, you know, Big Mac can get it done for the Patriots, but you know, we'll see. You pick the Bills too, so don't act like you know you're yeah, yeah, yeah. you're so you're feeling the Patriots. All right, all right. Uh, so we both have the Packers against the Bears. Justin Fields looks like he will return though. Steelers, Falcons. I have the Steelers. Josh has the Falcons. Vikings, Jets. We both have the Vikings. Jaguars, Lions. Both teams have been improving in the last few weeks. We both have the Lions. Titans, Eagles. I have the Titans, Josh is the Eagles. Let's all hope the Titans win. So that one uh, is going to be the A.J. Brown return game. That's a big deal there. And also playoff imp- implications for the Titans. Yes. Um, if they're looking to make it to the playoffs, this is a big win for them, especially to spoil a really, really good best in the NFL type of Eagles team. Uh, but the big one's the A.J. Brown revenge game after the whole trade talks on draft day. And then another one's another revenge game for uh, a. Uh, I don't even. I don't even know if you want to call it a revenge game. Um, <laughs> Deshaun Watson will be returning to Houston uh, for the Browns after his suspension is lifted. All sorts of controversy there. Um, just a little prediction I have. I don't think he's going to look very good coming back. He has not played in two years. People are come. People are expecting him to come back and look like Josh Allen. He will not. He will not. They think he's going to come back and look like the MVP level Deshaun Watson that we saw. Like, no, he hasn't played in two freaking years. He's been sitting on his couch for two years. Well, and obviously uh, he's been busy with other stuff too, allegedly. But I was going to say it's not just the couch he's been sitting on. But uh, he's very yeah. busy, but allegedly very busy. And um, but yeah, I don't think that game is going to go as well for the Browns. Uh, as people are thinking, but I do think the Browns are going to win, and Josh agrees with me as well. Um, and then Broncos, Ravens, Broncos country has been not riding well. Uh, <laughs> no one showed up to Russell Wilson's birthday party, apparently. Um, so that's sad. <laughs> I don't know what happened. He, uh, if anyone's been following this, another TikTok amazing um, trend that has been going on the Russell Wilson touchdown passes to bathroom counts in the house. Yeah, <laughs> it's getting close. It's getting close. It's getting close, but again, the bathrooms have the win. There's some 12 <laughs> bathrooms in the house between Russell Wilson and Sierra that they're sharing. There are still, I believe, eight Russell Wilson touchdown passes on the season. So the bathrooms are still winning heading into this week. <laughs> the uh, Russell Wilson memes are hilarious. I actually am a big Russell Wilson fan, but my God it's so funny. I do think he'll improve next year, but my Lord, this year has been a train wreck. Um, and all the memes are just wonderful. Um, but yeah, we both to the Broncos again. Uh, what, what's his name? Oh, Nathaniel Hackett, that they guy gone. I know a lot of people want him gone, right? I think he should be gone. I mean, he could be fired if they lose this game. I mean, maybe I think they're going to wait till the end of the season though. 
Um, but we both have the Ravens in this one, obviously. And then moving on probably to the juiciest matchup of the week, I'll yes. hand it over to Josh. Uh, could very well be a Super Bowl matchup, Dolphins 49ers here. And I'm, think, I'm thinking this is going to be a big test for Tua. Want to know why? Because the 49ers defense, I mean, we know uh, the guys on this team. If Tua doesn't want to become Tua, turn the ball over, as Alex would like to say. Um, you know, in prior seasons, Tua's really shown himself. Um, but in prior seasons, you know, that was the nickname. He's got to be good against some good defenses. So we're going to have to see how he does this week against pressure coming into the pocket. And Alex, have you seen also more more social media stuff? The, uh, the, the connections between Tua and his head coach, Mike McDaniel, right? That's the same. Yes, so funny. Mike McDaniel is a funny guy. I still yeah. don't like him though. I don't know why. Really? You get like I, don't a, know. I know you get, like some people. I think I can understand. It. You get like that ooh feeling, right? It's like a little yeah, weird. exactly. Yeah, a little bit weird. But I mean, he, I think he's like a goofy weird. He's like a little bit of a goofy nerd. Yeah, I mean, I'd get like annoyed if he was our head coach a little bit, to be honest. Yeah, I could see that. But I thought the best clip I like of him is when he comes in on Friday and he's there, whatever team they're playing, and he's like, "All right, guys, so." It's Friday, right? We got a game on Sunday. So what if we come into this game and we talk about, and he says what it's so like, we're going to talk about the team we're playing on Sunday. What if we do that? And it's like, but because it was the deal with uh, Jacoby Brissett, if he was going to start or not. And like the whole deal with when all their quarterbacks were injured and he's, and then the first question is like, um, so what's the deal with Jacoby Brissett and his injury status? I don't know, but that was, that's my favorite. Uh, his clips but anyway continuing see yeah yeah it is funny it would be funnier if i actually had the clip but whatever seahawks rams uh is the next matchup when it comes to our picks we are alex has the seahawks i have the rams chargers raiders alex has the raiders i have the chargers uh chiefs Bengals. do both of the chiefs winning that one although this is the revenge, not the revenge game, but um, it, it's a game that was a very good one last year in the playoffs. So that's another one that people are talking about. Colts versus the Cowboys. We both have the Cowboys winning this, unfortunately. And then a nice Monday night football game to end us off here. Buccaneers Literally the worst primetime games. Cowboys-Colts is going to be a, <laughs> a, 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 a smashing. Colts are probably going to score two points. Yes. Um, but Dak's gonna like forget how Dak's gonna like try to have dinner or something when they're up by fifty points and he'll take a safety. And then Buccaneers, who are the Buccaneers playing? Saints. Saints. Oh my god, terrible. Yeah, but Alex, they're gonna get into fist fights like they always do every year, so it'll be great. Mike Evans will find anyone he can find on the Saints that he can get in his head, and then they'll they'll fight at the end. Oh my god, terrible games. But anyway, let's let's go back. This is the Giant Take Podcast. Let's talk New York Giants. Go back to these games or this single game, the Giants versus the Commanders, and talk about our players to watch. I'll start out with my Giants player to watch. I know being the obvious one here, but Saquon Barkley. I'm surprised when he went over the Pro Bowl votes and Saquon Barkley being number one because these past few weeks, Saquon Barkley has not been good. So I want to see, is it the shoulder that's bothering him? Is it the playbook? Is it the defenses? Because we've been playing some pretty poor defenses and they've been shutting Saquon Barkley down. So now he's playing a top 10 defense in the NFL. Can he prove that he is him? He is Saquon Barkley. And can he go out there? Can he rush 50 to 100 yards? Can he be used in the passing game? Can he break those tackles? Can he use those juke moves to his advantage? Get those you know quality first downs, make those catches. Although that wasn't completely his fault. Jones had a bad overthrow there on that attempt uh, in the Cow- Cowboys game. But um, Saquon Barkley, my Giants player to watch, and then my Commanders player to watch is Jonathan Allen. 
Now, take a look at this guy because Chase Young, he might be coming back, but that doesn't matter because whether or not he is, they have Jonathan Allen on their defensive line, who's third in the NFL with 14 tackles for loss. So I just talked about the running back for the Giants, Saquon Barkley. Someone who could be tackling him in the backfield is very much Jonathan Allen breaking through the O-line of the New York Giants. Um, So that is my commander's player to watch being Allen, my Giants player to watch, Barkley. All right. So for my Giants game to watch, uh, game to watch, player to watch, the game to watch is obviously the Giants commanders, but the player to watch for me on the Giants is going to be Daniel Bellinger uh, coming back from injury. uh, He was a key part of the Giants passing game before he went out. Um, Darius Slayton has a possible illness. We're going to see, is he going to play through it? Is he not going to be able to play? If he does play, is he going to be 100%? Uh, the receiving options are slim, uh, and Daniel Bellinger seemed to be a go-to target for Daniel Jones, uh, so it's going to be important to see how quickly the Giants can uh, get him back involved. Of course, if he does play, kind of a risky one there from me. Uh, for the Commanders, I think it's going to come down to Taylor Heineke. Is he going to be able to pull off the big plays? Uh, he always has a couple big plays. He's kind of a gunslinger um, down the field. And is he going to be able to not turn the ball over? If he turns the ball over two or more times, I think the commanders lose. Uh, I think if he turns the ball over, you know, not at all or only once, I think the commanders win. I think it actually comes down to that same thing with Daniel Jones. Uh, So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. And uh, I think Taylor Heineke is the guy to watch for the Giants. And I'm sure they're going to show him a lot of interesting looks. Um, And then with that, I guess we'll move to the game predictions. I'm going to go... Giants 20, Commanders 19. I think it's going to be a close one, a really, really tight one, but I do think the Giants squeeze it out. Yeah, I really do think it's going to be another one of those NFC East matchups that's really tight throughout, low scoring, uh, and a battle that comes to the end with a big field goal. And I have a 24-20 Giants victory. I think it's going to be 21-20, and then Graham Gano is going to solidify it with a field goal. Um, And then the Commanders, they'll drive down. They'll try and, you know, win it, obviously, because they're going to have to go for a touchdown. And the the Giants defense holds strong. We'll see how good that prediction is. Um, But for right now, some stuff you can do in the meantime before that game does start or or kick off, I should say, is you can subscribe to the Giant Take podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you are listening to find a lot of places to listen. Go to shipitstudios.com slash the giant take. We're on a bunch of social media platforms, including Twitter and TikTok at the giant take pod, Instagram and Facebook as well. The giant take podcast. Alex is on Twitter at in 23. I'm on Twitter at Josh 29. And with that being said, um, all of that stuff I just talked about will be in the podcast notes as well. Alex, I hand it to you to close this one out. Thank you, everyone, for listening to today's episode of the Giant Take Podcast, and we'll see you after, hopefully, a Giants win against the Commanders. Peace. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, 
a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.